1: ourselves a hole. Is it right or wrong to smash a player's skull? Ain't hey, no easy answers. There's one thing I know. Now it's time to play that banjo.
2: Football's our favorite, but won't you please take note? We see it's got some problems. We're all in the same boat.
1: Reckoning with football's past, I reckon you better
3: paddle fast. Boys, I think I hear that banjo! Hello folks, welcome to Banjo College Football, the world's most ethical college football podcast. I am not your host, Kevin Paul, unfortunately. He will be joining us a little bit later. Uh, this is Ross Mulcairn filling in for now. And I am joined by uh, the very tall man himself, Andrew Stevens. How you doing, buddy? Doing well.
2: I feel like, oh, God. I, I washed one of my AirPods, and this is my first time trying to listen in it. And we got static in the right ear. That sucks.
3: Can you you can washed you buy- your
2: AirPods? Yeah, they were in... I went on a flight, and I... Didn't have time to put them back in the little carrier case in my bag because it was up in the thing. So I just put them in my pocket, in my jacket pocket, and then I forgot. And then I was like wearing my headphones, and then they were rattling around in the dryer. So I pulled them out. One, perfectly good. One, just like 20% annoying enough to where I'm going to have to somehow replace it. Can you replace
3: just one? Is that a thing? I actually don't know if you can replace just one AirPod. I imagine is, most people. You probably can't. Is the, when you lose one, way, you need yeah. both, and they want your money. Motherfuckers! God damn it! I'm yeah, just telling you, one having... AirPod would be a real, uh, real loss leader for them.
2: Yeah, that would be. Uh, yeah, I do have to. Yeah, what am I thinking? The only thing that they have to be good at on Earth is selling you uh, two of the thing that you definitely need two of at the same time. Oh shit! We got the whole gang here. Look at this.
0: Coming in fast would be late as usual. I was uh, I was finishing up a uh, very sophisticated podcast segment. We had an artist on the uh, Rippy Wright's podcast, so can't tell me you don't have range, or I don't have range.
3: An an artist a, like a painter or a musical artist? No, like no, a, foreign, a painter. Like a that,
0: star? No, well, that, that's a different kind of art. I've seen that channel. We're we'll, uh, we're waiting on that uh, to a later date. But uh, a Fort Worth-based painter that I graduated college with just kind of stumbled on his Instagram account. I was like, "Fuck it, like, let's, let's shoot the shit for an hour." Pretty interesting. I asked a lot of dumb questions.
3: Well, well you know, you know. <laughs> I'm I'm glad that you uh you let the banjo infect your your actual smarter endeavors and and kept the <laughs> the stupid questions going.
0: Don't worry, I got plenty more for this hour too.
3: Well, that's very good. That's that's very good to hear.
0: Oh, we already killed KP.
2: Wow, look at that. good for us.
3: Well, you know, I've been trying for years, so.
2: That is true. It, at, at some point, at some point, uh, either Kevin or I will um, be the ultimate demise of the other. It might be like stepbrother style, where one of us gets like a bat and one has a golf club, and we just. Uh, rock'em sock'em boppers each other, and during the fourth quarter of the SEC championship one year. Speaking of which,
3: welcome to the show, Kevin Paul.
1: Hello, gang. How's it going, everybody?
3: Why? Well, we were talking about going rock'em sock'em robots between you and Andrew with a baseball bat and a golf club. So, doing pretty well.
1: See, that would have happened in 2018, but as Jalen Hurts crossed the line of scrimmage, Andrew just stood up and walked out of the stadium. So. I was I was in an Uber before the game ended.
3: <laughs> well, to be fair, the last time I was at an Alabama Georgia game with Andrew, he did not last nearly that long. So this is growth for him. That is, well, he, uh,
1: well, you had a job, right? Like you had to go work. Yeah, I had to go work. Yeah, I had to. Uh,
2: I had to go spend. Uh, I don't know the next. That that was one of the most. That was one of the most delirious. I was was watching the nine a.m. Uh, London kickoff NFL game while still cleaning up from the night before of having Alabama fans spit on my
1: soul. Yeah, that that weekend was great because the Sunday morning I, I slept on Andrew's floor and I woke up at like 8, 8.30 or something like that and Andrew's not there and I'm thinking oh, he's like probably out to get food probably up front and then Andrew just strolls in at like 10.30am and I'm just like, oh! So <laughs> hey! What's up?
2: What's One of I, insane? I don't know if I've I don't know if I've told this story on the podcast before, but um, the I, I worked at like a big I guess big like college bar when I was all through all through college um, as a bartender, and the like at the end of the night, the a normal shift on a game day was from I don't know like six p.m. until like 2 a.m. when the bar closed and then depending on how crowded the night was you were cleaning from i don't know 2:30 to sometimes 4 a.m sometimes as kp said uh nine thirty in the morning and so one of the things that we had to do was there was like a like a clean trash can where like at the end of the night you would take all of the like bar mats that accumulated like all like the I don't know if anyone's ever taken a bar mat shot. Uh, one of the most disgusting things you could possibly do. I think Rippey might know something about that. Um, but I'm sorry, you- a bar mat shot? Don't do yeah. it. It's gross. <laughs> it's
1: but we're it's still like-
2: here. Yeah. Oh yeah. It, like if you're if you are like after the night, like all of the liquor and like mixer and shit that gets spilled on like the little bar mats that they put, like that you make the drinks on top of before you hand them to people. Like you basically pour all of that in there and take it as a shot. It's one of the nastiest things you can do. Anyways, did you, you guys, we, make
1: guys sign waivers before that? <laughs> no, I, no. It was normally like it was
2: normally like drunk assholes who were trying to like impress their friends in the the most convoluted way possible. So me, um, yeah, okay. uh, a lot of lot of rippies. <laughs> so so we. uh I, I put all of these bar mats in a, uh, in this trash can and there's a hose inside of the bar that I filled it up with and I got called to go do something else and I completely forgot about it for probably like 15 minutes and somebody grabs me and was like Andrew were you supposed to like fill up the trash can with all of the like the hose water to to clean out the bar mats and I run in there and water is just cascading out of this trash can down into like down a flight of stairs into the basement of the bar where they keep like all of the liquor all of the kegs like anything of value in the bar and so I then spend from probably three uh, maybe maybe four until eight in the morning doing nothing but taking a industrial shop vac and fucking slopping up nasty ass basement bar water and then walking it back up the covered stairs bringing it up to the sink and back down and there was one time where i was bringing it up and i just completely dropped the shop vac full of fucking nasty ass water all over myself and i was just thinking like this is maybe the last way that i thought uh alabama coming to town for our senior year could have possibly gone maybe the worst way that i could have i'm it's seven in the morning i am in a bar basement soaking wet with piss and puke water and we've lost by four touchdowns
3: and don't forget you were favored
2: going into that game we were favored that was fun
1: that was the last time and, and it was under played under in a hurricane
2: get... and it was played in a hurricane
1: the last time bama has gone into a game as an underdog is, is what that was that weekend for you andrew how beautiful is that poetic even
2: that was so fun honestly honestly exactly how it it is probably the uh, – it was probably the actual nail in the Mark Richt coffin.
1: coffin. Um, I think that I, I
2: th- other things – No, the-
1: no. The, the Tennessee blown lead was the last nail in the Mark Richt coffin. It goes around right by 21 in the mid-third quarter or something like that.
2: <laughs> Which – what year? No, that it, was- the,
1: it was the next game.
2: <laughs> no. Oh, yeah, no, with the one where Chubb got hurt. Yeah. Yeah, that one was uh, that I Chubb getting hurt on the first play of the game. That was a real fun two game stretch. We we drove back from that game in Knoxville and we stopped at a Wendy's and the the people at Wendy's wrote the score of the game on every item of food that we ordered. Wow. It was a pretty baller pretty baller move. They wrote thirty eight thirty five on like every single uh, every single burger or McChicken or whatever
3: that we ordered. That's incredibly cool, and I respect those people a great amount.
2: I, I very much do too,
3: really?
2: Ross. You sending me things in Google Docs. That means I got to download Google Docs.
1: You should already have Google Docs downloaded, man. It's 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 the easiest yeah, way to share files with the fam.
3: I don't feel I don't bad need, about you not having Google Docs. I don't need to share files with the fam.
1: Okay, so speaking do of do you the dogs, do you
3: ever need to share files with a podcast co-host?
2: Uh, I don't know. I can't imagine doing podcasting for a living. It sounds absolutely horrible.
1: Guys, speaking of the dogs, I, I do have something to say that is going to, it may piss off Ross. It's definitely going to piss off Andrew. But for the first time in a few years, and this is partially due to my subscription to a um, a paid website that will not be named, that just ran a fascinating story on OJ Simpson. Um, oh God. I've been keeping tabs... I've been keeping tabs on a lot of Alabama's potential opponents. So, I feel, you know, more well-informed than I usually am going into a season. And I feel very strongly about this. Probably more so than anything I've said uh on this podcast. Andrew George is the best team in the country and I it, it's probably close, but I think they're 100% the best. Shut your fucking shut your fucking mouth. I don't I don't I don't shut, see Shut your fucking mouth. I I do not see a single weakness on the entire team. Um, Andrew, if if you, Andrew, if you got, at the very least, Andrew, at the very least, if you are not in Atlanta at 11 and 1 or better, this, this season was an abject failure. You get, you guys fucked up super, like in a major way along the way. If that does not happen.
2: I agree with that, but that also de- – we've done that before and have not been the best team in the country. I mean, we've done that several times and have been the fifth best team in the country. I'm, not, so, I'm, not, I, I'm, o- I'm only giving East you Clemson, weak. by
1: the way. That loss has to come to Clemson. If that loss comes, like, you know, on the road in a weird game and Jordan-Hare, then no, like, fire curve smart <laughs> if that happens this year. Auburn
2: would be the only one that I would be – I'm not that concerned with Florida. I just don't, I can't, I can't imagine the team run by Emory Jones is going to, uh, do anything to to this defense.
1: The thing is, we keep saying Dan Mullen is such a schematic genius. Um, Dan Mullen has lagged behind his peers in recruiting while at Florida, um, for a while. Like Jeremy Pruitt was going toe to toe with Dan Mullen (laughs) in recruiting at Florida, if that tells you anything. Um, D- that's I kind am. of that's kind of Mullen's
0: thing though, right? Like if he's 75% of whoever he's supposed to be recruiting better or against. Like I'm not I'm, I'm not disagreeing, but like that's kind of his shtick. but it's like Florida's like the greatest like I guess crossword for Mullen at all cuz he can he recruit at a base level to where it doesn't matter. Or just how it went out at the end, because you know Ed Orgeron berry speaks English and just won a national title. Like it's kind of like the ultimate Dan Mullen paradox in some ways.
1: I, I kind of think that you know that that is the strategy that you have to adopt at a place like Mississippi State. Like you're not like you're in a division with Auburn, Alabama, LSU, and even you know eventually A and M. Um, that's that is the strategy that you have to employ, but. At Florida, I mean Urban Meyer came like Urban Meyer spent his entire career in the Midwest and then he came down to Florida and just built a recruiting juggernaut. And there's no reason that I understand Kirby's there, but there's no reason why Florida shouldn't be pulling in top ten, top seven classes every year. But like, Mullins just like in the twenties every year, but oh he does better with less. And it's like you don't you're Florida, you should not do better with less. You should do better with better.
0: Yeah, agree. Like, it's just interesting whether he'll get by with it or not. I tend to lean no, but I mean, I guess they did win the East. Like, I'm, i but he, they won the East, and there was talk about him being fired just because of the way he botched everything else. And so I wonder if there's part of that that goes into it as well. It's like, yeah, this guy does more with less, but he shouldn't have to, like, the less part shouldn't have to be a thing. Oh, and he's a grade A asshole. Like, I wonder if that kind of rubs the wrong way because that's more forgiven at state because no one cares. Uh, they'll hire someone else in Florida that will not, uh, not win with less, the win with more. Uh, I'll tell you this: if he if he doesn't, let's say he
2: doesn't win the East for the next three years, it, it, if you look at Dan Mullins' called uh, twenty thousand foot view at Florida, there is sure as shit no way that they are going to do anything except asterisk that as the COVID year. Like if he builds on top of it, he'll get credit for that. I, I like I I liken this to uh, like the NBA bubble title where like. I think if you have a championship belt, you can add a bubble title to your resume, but it can't be like the only title. Okay. It's right. it's like, right. it's like this,
1: this is not the Anthony Davis slander hour, Andrew. Okay. Well this is banjo is. college.
2: Football. <laughs> well it, well it is but
3: So, uh, no, I think, I think that's, that's fair. I think, you know, even though it was Anthony Davis's first title, like I think it was the Lakers and it was like they should have won. So everyone was fine with it. Like if the Bucks had won last year, everyone would have, you know, been much more on that Mickey Mouse title, which not that like, not that people aren't already doing that, but,
1: um, yeah, I think,
3: I think everyone is going to take the results of 2020 exactly the way they want to. If it went well for them, it is obviously a stepping stone. And if it went poorly for them, it was obviously a fluke year that nothing matters. There's there's not going to be any consistency at all. And uh, I think that's valid. Yeah, I mean, because, I, I mean, to be completely honest,
2: that that I think is the way that everyone has made it through the entirety of the last year is like, not in a bad way, but like a lot of self-justification. And so you are going to, if if you performed well, you are not going to say it was because of someone else performing poorly. You're going to say it's because of your work, hard work paid off. And like, if you are again, basketball analogy, if you are the Toronto Raptors being forced to play in Tampa, then, or you are, I don't know, whoever in college football that has had an entire team miss, Things because of COVID, or if you're a Pac-12 team that only played six games last year, you were going to say no that that wasn't legitimate. But if you're Alabama, I have to imagine that it's more business as usual than most
3: places. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't, as, a, there, as an alum a, of the University of Alabama, it was absolutely a perfectly legitimate college football season with the correct champion and everything.
1: Look, I'll I'll give Alabama. Like, Honestly, I'm a grad, so. Obviously, I'm quite biased, but I mean, Bama beat 11 SEC teams, then Notre Dame, then Ohio State. Like, that title was earned, right? It's not like if a team like BYU just snuck into the playoff because everyone was out with COVID and then they ended up beating Coastal and then Liberty um, <laughs> in the playoff. That's a little different. No- No, but I think
2: we've talked about this before, though, in that like at a place like Alabama that is essentially a professional institution, the like the amount of staff that you have. And, and the amount of support that has been invested into that program over even other well-invested SEC programs, I think really shows its true colors. Like when you have to make sure that kids are on campus and when at places like Alabama that we all know that families are in Georgia and wherever that families are taken care of in sort of difficult times like this. And so the kid, you don't have kids stressing about things out of their control, people losing jobs in their circles, stuff like that. And so I think that at a place like Bama, I'm not saying that the title is illegitimate. They were probably going to win anyways. But I do think that like, those gaps where Bama really presses their advantage really, really get stressed in a season that is just thrown up in the air.
0: And there's a lot of it still to be played out in terms of the COVID, however you want to interpret it thing, particularly with first year head coaches or guys who might have been on a slightly lukewarm seat. Like with the whole, like Mike Leach, like to use Mississippi State as his example, last year sucked. But if he gets him to a ball game this year, that gets written off as, eh, whatever, weird year, COVID year. He didn't have spring, no fans in the stands, like none of that shit actually matters. Let's put on to year three. To where I can promise you, if they go three and nine again, they're just going to be like, fuck this guy. He couldn't win in either year. Like, why should we give him a third year? Like, you're going to see the ripple effects of what happened last year, this year, and probably within the next two, three years as well. Because that year is either, if you had an average year, unless you went way above expectations, like that year is either going to be used below or against you based on how people want to interpret it based on your current standing, if that makes any sense at all. Y'all know y'all know who's gonna get off the hook probably more than anyone if they have a good
2: year this year? Clay Hill. Orgeron. Orgeron,
1: yeah. Well I mean that's a that's a thing. Orgeron can't afford to go nine and like Orgeron has to go ten and two this year because if you're going to continue to underachieve with the talent level they have, on top of the litany of off field issues that have accumulated over the last eighteen months or so, then I mean, there there's no reason for them to have him. Like twenty nineteen was one of the best years ever, really, in any, not even college football, in any sport. But I mean, any coach can do what Orgeron did last year. Anyone can do what he did in twenty seventeen and twenty eighteen at LSU. If you gave me twenty seventeen LSU's roster, it's like, yeah, I could probably also go eight and four with this. Um <laughs> and he did. So, you know, I don't think Orgeron really should have any leash whatsoever, but because LSU's schedule sets up so well, at least until November, yeah, he'll probably go into Tuscaloosa at like seven and one or something and keep his job, even though he probably should not.
2: Yeah, I mean the name of the literal name of the game in college football when any of these things pop up is: Are you good enough for us to take this risk keeping you? And. At some places, tattoo scandals are enough to get uh, Hall of Fame coaches fired and others, sexual assault allegations amongst running rampant amongst the team are uh, not necessary to get you fired. And so, yeah, it really is going to be like on that line of if he beats Bama, I, I don't think that will happen. But if he beats Bama, his job is beyond safe. If he goes... If he goes anything less than nine and three, I think he's fired at the end of this season. And I think if he goes, I think nine and three winning a bowl game, finishing at 10 and three after last year is probably the worst that he can do with and, and retain his job. Like, or without some situation where he's viable to be fired, like game three of the 2022 season.
1: Well, Uh, slight, slight non sequitur. I'm sorry, I'll let you finish. Can we talk about how base Jim Trestle was for just like, (laughs) Covered him, like <laughs> we 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 thought he was the devil at the time at least at least like society did He just covered up his players getting free tattoos and that was it and they fired him for it um, like objectively cool move based Jim Trestle. okay I'm sorry Ross no I was just gonna say
3: I don't Andrew as, as you mentioned I don't think this is gonna happen but um, you and KP know LSU culture much better obviously there's a really strong connection but you know you said. If he beats Alabama, he keeps his job. Or KP said it, without, but also if he goes nine and three, he, or if he doesn't go nine and three, he doesn't keep his job. Now, it's not often. I mean, it's not often that a team will like fluke win one against Alabama. But theoretically, if he goes eight and four, but one of those eight is a win over Alabama because of, I don't know, every player on the field broke their legs. Does he keep his job? Ah, Probably probably
2: not. I mean he'd have to win the bowl game and I know that's dumb but like the difference between 9 and 4 and 8 and 5 I think matters a little bit and at that point it would come down to like what happened in the season. Like
1: like yeah.
2: the only way that it could hypothetically work is if they dropped one to like UCLA and uh do they they don't
1: play Texas. Do they play
2: Texas this
1: year? Yeah. No, they don't. No they don't. No. It was, you know, um, it was supposed to be last year, but obviously can't Oh, it.
2: that's right. That's right. Um, but, like, if they dropped one to, to um, UCLA and then, like, Auburn or Mississippi State at the beginning of the season, and then they, like, replace their quarterback or, some, or somehow, like, Miles Brennan comes back or, or something happens, and then they're able to, like, I don't know. Go like real go like eight and two with a new quarterback and beat Bama. I think that in that situation he probably would, but like outside of a fluke, probably not. I don't think he could drop because that would mean he would need to lose to like UCLA and Mississippi State and Auburn and Florida.
1: Yeah, it's like is are you do you think he still has his job if they're four and three going into the Bama game? Like I don't think he has a job in that case.
2: Yeah, well, I, I think mean, it also
1: could... Like, like de- he, he wouldn't make it that far, in my opinion. No, I mean, it could I also mean,
3: depend... Sorry,
2: I Andrew, keep, go ahead. No, so- no, sorry, I just keep forgetting that they play A&M at the end of the year now. I mean, that's like, this this year that could be
3: quite... I know it hasn't been annoying for them in the past, but could be kind of annoying this year. Yeah, well, I just think that it also, you know, it could depend on the way people view it in terms of, like, how does how do the games feel like as as dumb as that sounds, you know, when you look back on it, did you feel after 2020? Obviously, you throw everything out. because Nothing matters. But did you feel more positively about the first year of Arkansas under Sam Pittman or the first year of Mississippi State under Mike Leach? Like which one felt more dispirited to you?
2: Leach is tough because, like, the whole season felt dispirited. And so, like, I feel like I – but I, I'll I'll say this. Like, I am more familiar with Pittman just because he was at Georgia. And, I mean, Mike Leach in per, under all accounts seems like a little bit of a crazy person. And so, like, I would imagine that it would be easy to say that Pittman seems like a – stronger foundation to build upon, but I also don't know is Arkansas easier to win at than Mississippi state. I, I, I'm not really sure. I don't know if the, I, I would imagine both of those schools kind of exist in the same territory of like, if you can find a guy that wants to stick around and win eight or nine games a year there, you should probably keep them. Now I, I think Pittman has a better chance to do that because I think Pittman actually wants to be there. I don't see him, potentially trying to bolt anytime soon, even if
1: I do think it's a little easier to win at Arkansas. Um, Number one, it's not the most talent-rich state, but it is the only Power 5 team in the state. And Mississippi State is, like, going to war with Ole Miss 365 days a year for recruits. And Arkansas just kind of doesn't have that competition. Like, yeah, Memphis is pesky out in the corner. You still share a border with Texas and Louisiana, but overall, like, you are the top dog in your state. Second of all, uh, Mississippi State doesn't have a Tyson chicken cannon, um, and Arkansas does, and I, I do think that advantage of having such a unique booster class is very unique. And Walmart, I didn't got Tyson and Walmart. W- what does state have? And um, yes. and Jerry and, and Jerry. Jerry.
3: <laughs> so it sounds like you two sort of are in the same boat that I am, which is that at the end of last year, I felt like Arkansas was sort of like on a path forward they had a good foundation like you know we had low expectations for Sam Pittman and like he seemed to exceed them like the team seemed to do pretty well but Arkansas had a worse record last year than Mississippi State that was close it was three and seven and four and seven but like I felt at the end of last year oh dear god this leech thing has gone south already you know it usually takes them like six years to wash out of a program and Like, the SEC's clearly figured him out, like, and he's screwed, and, like, there's nothing good going on there, and it felt like Arkansas was sort of the plucky upstarts, and I was like, all right, these guys have something going here, like, they played a couple teams pretty hard, like, it seems like they know what they're doing, but they had a worse record than Mississippi State, who I was super down on, so I think, you know, it could be, at the end of the day, not just, like, the record that O has, but, like... How each game feels and how people sort of feel at the end of the season, like you said, Andrew, with the with the narrative of if they rattle off a bunch of wins after a quarterback change or something.
0: And to add on the to top of that, too, if you, it's kind of like what you are getting at is is kind of crazy with the way the schedules worked out in the SEC the last two years. Is I had Brody Miller on the podcast last night, and he we were talking about it. Like LSU should be ten and two, and they don't even have to be that good. To be 10 and 2, particularly 9 and 3, as well. That leaves room for a slip up at Kentucky, at Ole Miss, something like that. But when you talk about the Arkansas thing, it's kind of funny, right? Because they started off way more competitive than you thought. Like Georgia kind of handled them. They have that big road win against Mississippi State, and then they should have beaten Auburn. They beat Ole Miss, the Matt Corral six interception game. And you're like, oh, they're competent, but they were 1 and 6 down the last seven games, or 1 and 5, or whatever it is. And it was a little fluke they forced 14 turnovers in their first – or 11 of their the 14 turnovers they had last season were forced in the first four games or three games, and six of them belonged to that uh, corral. Like, it's kind of crazy the way that ends up to where I agree. I thought the Leafs thing, this has already gone south, but State was pretty much like – not like I don't even know if you can make arguments. State was playing better football than Arkansas by the end of the year, but last year was so weird; it's hard to tell what's real and what's not. If that
1: makes any sense? Yeah it it definitely does, and I I just think that Arkansas was, and a lot of their losses they were competitive. Like they took it they took it on the chin to A and M, but they like at least physically they were closer to A and M than a lot of teams on A and schedules were. Like A was able to bully a lot of people. And they weren't really able to bully Arkansas. Um, Yeah, I'm looking back at
3: the schedule now.
1: They got boat raced by
3: Alabama, Florida, and Georgia. And other than that, they lost by two to Auburn, which they should have won, three to LSU, two to Missouri, and 11 to A&M. Which, like, that's a solid loss, but they played them tough, 42-31. That
0: game was also closer than 11 points. And on the Alabama scale of embarrassing beatings, Arkansas was more remotely competitive in that game. It wasn't the Les Miles taking a knee with four minutes left against Ole Miss in 2011 on the 20-yard tw- line because it just gone non-competitive. Yes, they got the shit kicked out of them, but it looked a lot more competitive than a lot of other teams, LSU included, looked against Alabama.
1: Yeah, I mean, Arkansas made Alabama bleed a little bit, which is more than – Pretty much everyone on the schedule could say minus Ole Miss and Florida, pretty much. Um, obviously, the bleeding was minimal and it was early on. But you saw the pieces, like we said, like Pittman's foundation, it's, it looks like it's pretty simple. We are going to dominate offensive and defensive line recruiting in the Ozarks, um, which obviously, as an offensive line coach, he is adept at doing. And then we are just going to pluck skill players from wherever we can um, as diamonds in the rough. And it's not the worst foundation at Arkansas. You know you're not you're not going to have a 2019 LSU or 2020 Baylor-type season at Arkansas ever. It's just really not realistic. But he knows, like, okay, cool. If I can get to the Missouri game at, you know, 9-2 and two, and with maybe a chance to go to New Year's 6, like, that's possible in Arkansas. At least I think it is. Um, if, if Houston Nutt can win games the way he did at Arkansas, which he did, like, very consistently for a number of years – so do Petrino. Can as well. Yeah, like, it like, not a bad job. They just let, they just let Petrino have a motorcycle. And no, I mean,
2: I, I think,
3: <laughs> And you never <laughs> let Petrino have a motorcycle.
1: No, that, 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 that's bad institutional management. Overall, great job, but yeah, don't let Petrino. Have- are not, think, y'all, are,
0: are y'all not fully woke on the Petrino motorcycle theory? Because I just, just for the sheer, just the enjoyment of it, I subscribe to the conspiracy theory. Where there was there's no a- motorcycle, the g- other guy just found out and beat the shit out of him?
3: Have you ever heard this theory? I have never heard this theory.
0: Yeah, apparently there's a – there's a look, I'm sure this has not gone past hogville.com, but there is a, a rumor, <laughs> rumor floating around out there over the last decade that there never was a motorcycle crash. Uh, just the other guy in the picture who was supposed to be in the picture just uh, decided to beat the shit out of Bobby.
1: Can, can we FOIA that police report? Well, I would love to. Actually,
0: no, I don't want
2: to
1: because I know it's
0: wrong, but I just want to believe it's right.
2: There's got to – I was about to say there's got to be somewhere. I mean if you're getting hit in an intersection, I would imagine there's some sort of camera on some sort of intersection, although we are in Arkansas, so not a not 100% sure.
0: And it you could go the other way, like Tommy Tupperville's wife had a – Hiccup, we'll call it in Lubbock, that just kind of got swept under the rug. Why could we not falsify some documents?
1: I, I look, I, nothing. Rip, I'm going to choose to believe this too because nothing brings me more joy than just the thought of Bobby <laughs> Petrino off of a sugar, like off of a sugar bowl appearance <laughs> and a Cotton Bowl win, just getting just getting put to sleep in a random Arkansas road. Like nothing.
2: <laughs> getting the full Rand Paul.
1: Because he he wore his sugar bowl hat at the press conference with the with the neck brace. I
0: am I am willing to compromise and
1: say that
0: said other guy rammed his truck into the motorcycle, but that's the furthest I'll go. I will not believe the uh, story we were fed, like he had the drop on him and he was just waiting. Yeah, that, I, I like that one almost better.
1: That makes a little bit well, sense. Have we that makes seen... more sense to me.
3: Has there ever been pictures of uh the woman he was with, like, after the motorcycle accident? No, and jet fuel doesn't oh. melt steel beams either.
0: <laughs>
3: that that is, is that is very true, Rip. Thank you.
1: I just that's a great <laughs> point. I've never seen a obviously the Patrino press conference is hilarious. But they they're, they're I'm shocked that after being on couch internet for eleven years now that I haven't ever seen a picture of the woman post motorcycle crash. It just hasn't come up, and just and we're in the deep, dark corners of c f b internet Ross for less than us, but at least I know me and Andrew have been down in the dumps <laughs> at least since 2011, 2012. and the fact that we've never seen it is I'm not sure it exists I think it's I just, just kind like.
3: Oh, I'm I'm all in on this conspiracy, but I also found that if you Google Bobby Patrino motorcycle, obviously most of the modern most of the results are things that have happened over the last like eight years. Articles about it, but there's just you know one article, a little like on the first page, but you know halfway down, there's just an Arkansas Times article that says Petrino had a rider in his motorcycle crash. It's just like a hey guys, here's a little fun update on this story that like is not is very bland. It's not yet a full like. This is a scandal, he's gonna get fired, isn't this funny? How did this work like this is just still chilling on the first page of Google. Just like, hey guys, yeah. turns out there was someone there. I think yeah. that's, that's so I funny. Mean,
0: <laughs> I mean I look, I mean there's not a picture of her and like I know this wouldn't agree with AP style, but rider could mean a lot of things and he just might have had someone riding his peen. While he had a motorcycle accident, not necessarily during, just at the same time. And I heard someone reference the OJ story earlier. OJ Simpson brought up a great point in that story. If he goes to L.A., he could be sitting next to the real killer at any time. So we really don't know anything in this
3: life. Nothing certain. I got to say, this picture of the motorcycle, like, in with some branches on the side of the road, motorcycle looks okay. Doesn't look too scratched up. Looks, looks like it could have just been placed there. All right, this y'all. Is...
2: I'm, I'm, I'm willing to say it. I was the one fucking Bobby Petrino.
0: Let's go! <laughs> <laughs> My...
2: Finally, the truth comes out. Uh huh. My boyfriend did a number on him.
3: 2012. That... When Andrew was what sixteen? A 18, senior in high school. Eighteen, baby. Oh, you were you were old enough for Bobby Petrino, uh, barely. Mm-hmm. And nearly too old. I
2: was about to say, it seems like that's probably right in his wheelhouse.
1: Yeah, I think we are all too old for Bobby Petrino right now. Um,
2: (laughs) I would imagine. All
1: right. So, fellas, I wanted to bring up a a small topic that Ross kind of suggested earlier. Um, Mr. Mulcairn, you are going on a bachelor party during college football season. Is this correct?
3: Yes. So... I wanted to... KP, thank you for bringing this up. I was hoping to get your guys' input on this because I know that you all, like myself, are degenerates. So I am attending this fall a bachelor party for my very good friend who is far too smart to listen to this, so I don't really worry about it. And he and I obviously would watch... Like, if there was an Alabama game on, we're going to watch it because everyone that's there, or almost everyone there, is going to be an Alabama grad or at least an Alabama fan. And, you know, that's clearly going to get worked into the agenda for the weekend. But at which point would you consider it, you know, inappropriate to – and obviously, you're not going to bring it up beforehand and be like, hey, man, like, this really matters to me. Like, we need to work this in. But, like, is there a line at which you cross and say, like, you know, if it's a Saturday afternoon and you guys are out, you know, doing whatever it may be because bachelor parties aren't actually planned, you just sort of pick a city and – Go go, um, like, where do you cross the line on like your degeneracy that you were going to bring up to this friend you still want to respect you later?
1: Well, what's hey. the week zero schedule?
3: Yeah, it's, it's not it's... good.
1: Mm, because there's and, and, week and in my like defense, played...
3: it is literally during week zero, so that is, th- I'm sh- I'm almost certain it's too far.
1: Like. There are there was that one year where Florida played Miami week one, and that was a re- really cool game. That was a good you know, game. I, I think they moved it up just so you know because Disney can do that. Um, but <laughs> so they moved it up a week. And it's an amateur really cool sport, game. guys. But basically, yeah. every other week zero that I remember w- featured a Colorado State home game as the marquee. So, and so <laughs> lot, the the now marquee game is, or
2: something in Australia.
3: The marquee game is Hawaii UCLA.
1: Uh, well, that's not that's not terrible. Like I, and
3: I will okay say, this <laughs> Nebraska is also playing Illinois in a Big Ten no. conference game that is not the marquee game of
1: the week. That is the that that's the sickos game of the week. We're gonna start doing that in. Conjunction oh yes, with our, with our good friends, at split zone duo. Like that's the sickos game of the week. <laughs> it was Nebraska Illinois week one. <laughs> Whereas if you watch if you watch more than half of that game, you're officially a sicko. I think that's fair.
0: Well, you get burnt in the purple and orange for the first time. Like he look like a gigantic piece of Sherbet or something. <laughs> what? In- <laughs> it's Sherbet, sure actually, Rippy? I'm just uncultured. I'm from the South. I got a great answer for this question though. So okay. luckily, I've been blessed with uh Enough people that continue to hang around me despite, uh, I would put it mildly, knowing how I am. And I had a friend that uh, – I got a wedding invitation about a month or two ago in the mail. And I started pairing up dates, and I was like, this is in the fall. This isn't great. Well, they're getting married in Sea Island, so destination wedding, the week of old Miss, Alabama. And I was just enraged. So I called him, and I was like, hey, man, who approved this? Like, who thought this was a great idea? And he was like, yeah – it's going to happen. I was like, I'm almost more insulted that you sent me an invitation. And then we just kind of had a little like phone stare down. And I'm going to show up, but he's going to know I'm a little cranky. Yeah, so that's... are you going to have
3: your phone open during the ceremony?
0: I told him uh, I was going to hit record on the post-game podcast, even if it conflicted with the vows. That's bold. <laughs> he seemed okay with it at the time. What a
2: what a commitment to the
0: world's worst medium. Yeah, exactly. And honestly, <laughs> what a great friend I am. I'm bringing a microphone in the chapel. Honestly, like he should be thanking me.
2: We get the priest. Okay, well, I, I don't we get the feel priest quite as bad, as bad the now. I guess.
0: Yeah, you should not because uh, yeah, I was I was like, come on, man, who approved this? No, okay, like, yeah.
2: I, w- I was. I mean, that, now here's a question was was the is the groom like. A friend from college? Yes, a college friend, one of my closer friends. Yeah, that's bonkers, dude. Like, like, I understand that you can't accommodate for every single thing that is in, like, the entire world of college football if you're trying to plan a wedding in the fall, which – pretty criminal to do in the south but if you're going to do it you have to know the grand majority of the people are coming are going to probably be of one fan base that then rules out like three weekends in the fall that you can't do it like if you're going to have a bunch of college friends coming from Ole Miss to a wedding of two people who I'm going to assume met at Ole Miss it seems wild to do it on like one of the three games that people actually want to watch
1: like, yeah can't you know, like on this the LSU weekend, right? Right. You right. can't. And it, look, don't get me
0: wrong. He's a sports fan. This is 100% of the wife's doing. But a part of me and my brain like kind of takes solace in the fact that in just in my mind when that date was scheduled in the back of his head, he was like, God damn it, I'm going to have to hear about it from this little piece of shit. And that brings me <laughs> satisfaction.
2: But also Rippy, no, Rippy, no, get joy in the fact that that is this man's life now. That, he did this. He did this to you. But his entire life is now attending weddings instead of watching Ole Miss Alabama football games. So,
0: yeah, no, Good that's on. what he's known for. There's no recovering from this. And I was like, "You did this to yourself, man. It's not too late to take that ring back." But he didn't seem to think that was a great idea. Oh, he did. Yeah, that that's, might be a little. That might be a bridge too far, there, Rick. <laughs> And yeah, so I had to at least throw it out there. Everyone had to be I mean, you had to give him the possibility. I'd be a bad friend not to throw the option out there.
3: Well, is there a is there a is you know, off? some wiggle room or a special dispensation on a on a 2020 rule now? Like is there a little bit of forgiveness this year? Because we had like a year and a half of not none, but a lot very few weddings. So people who would have gotten married and engaged over that time now are all trying to get them done this fall, you know, is there at least a little bit of sort of forgiveness for that? Like, I know people who are going to Friday weddings because the venue they want is booked every single Saturday, so they have to get married on a Friday because everything that, is so full right now. That seems way better.
1: For, the How thing long? about Friday wedding is that it's it getting there, you know? Like, people have to take an extra day off of work, and it's a whole, you know, it's... Depends on, like, where your guests are coming from, too, I guess is a big part of it. But, I mean, overall, yeah. Friday weddings are great. You wake up and just have college football Saturday. I'm thinking of this from a fall perspective. I don't care about a Friday wedding in the spring. I'll go to it. Yes,
2: decade. yes, yeah. I'm I'm with you there.
1: Fellas, um, I know we talked about Sicko's game of the week, but I'm looking at, obviously, Nebraska-Illinois is week zero. Um, Nebraska at Illinois, too. So it's going to be Brett Bielema's first home game. Um, but in terms of... Actual week one, I'm looking at a few candidates here now, and I'm pretty intrigued. Uh, number one, the Thursday night game of Bowling Green at Tennessee. Um, Bowling Green, perhaps the worst team in FBS, at least bottom 10 uh, at Tennessee, just probably the biggest dumpster fire of, like, the Blue Bloods at the moment. I, I think that's a pretty good candidate for the Thursday night. The Friday night at- <coughs> At 8 p.m. on ESPN, Michigan State at Northwestern. 13-9 <laughs> to
2: 9 in the rain.
1: <laughs> How did that game get the prime time slot? Um, that's it's going to be 42
2: degrees in September.
1: Buddy, just in, in Evanston, Illinois. And this Saturday provides a lot of sickos um, action. I know we talked a lot about Arkansas, and we said a lot of good things about Sam Pittman, but Rice at Arkansas. If you watch that full game and you're not an Arkansas or a Rice grad, I've got some issues about your um, I got some questions about you know who you are as a human being. Uh, we've also got uh, that's not well, even
3: on that's not even on cable like that's a that, you got to stream that game. You have to pay extra to watch Rice at Arkansas. That's on the ESPN live Plus. On, yeah, live <laughs> on
2: Barstool Sports app. Oh, <laughs> thanks, Manfred.
3: I really want to know who's tuning in to FS1 at noon on Saturday to watch Stanford versus Kansas State in Arlington, uh, Texas. I,
1: I got the I got the best slash worst one here, guys. Are, are you all ready for this? But
3: that's a neutral site conference opener. That's Stanford versus K-State. That one is going to make me sad at noon.
1: God, guys, this, this is the best one without a doubt. I, I may watch this one myself. At 6 p.m. on FS1, Oregon State at Purdue. Oh. <laughs> oh, oh, my. That's it. That's the one, uh, man. I <laughs> oh, come on, man. I feel <laughs> dirty
3: hearing those words. <laughs> Purdue <laughs> is
1: 6
2: PM on such a, <laughs> a gross-ass sounding name.
0: Purdue.
1: The thing about oh. what I'm excited for is, have you guys ever watched a Purdue home game on TV?
0: Uh, yeah, the, the camera angle is uh,
1: preposterous. Yes, Rippy. The for some reason the press box is just like you know on Mars, so the so the camera angle is just the most like threatening thing ever. It's insane. That there's it's like Cameron Indoor Stadium when Duke plays home games in basketball. It's just the weirdest, dumbest camera angle. Um, and I don't Oregon remember State,
3: that the only only Purdue home game I think I've ever seen was the Rondell Moore murders Ohio State game. What a game. And so oh, I implore you guys,
1: game. if you guys are feeling as sick as me week one, um, I'm watching
3: Oregon State Purdue. Well, <laughs> half an hour to kill before Georgia Clemson, you know. Might as well warm it up, see if it's a hot game. We can we can keep it on, you know. Tune into Georgia Clemson later.
1: Yeah. C- I I think I'm going if if to be in short. Georgia Clemson kicks off. <laughs> I'm gonna be
2: in Charlotte having a panic attack and just like running into a bar, being like,
1: "Yeah, I'm actually,
2: I'm actually not gonna to go to the game. I'm just gonna go and watch Oregon State Purdue at a bar. I think that'd be and better he,
1: for me." And, and you guys are gonna win that game at ten points. I'm, I'm, I'm very confident in that. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Y'all you, like
2: this? Y'all like this thing? Y'all like this nice bit that KP's doing?
1: No, especially if Clemson's doing there, we're not gonna peak until late October thing. Um. Then yeah, I feel pretty confident in saying that
3: Clemson yeah. does like to do that. Yeah. However, don't, I don't believe they also that. Ske- yeah, I was about to say
2: outside of literally just playing Georgia in the last ten years, they schedule bullshit at the beginning
3: of the season. They played A and M like week yeah. two once, and A and M almost had them.
1: Yeah. The, yeah, um, that was pre. The, yeah, with the with Kelly, Kelly Bryant, the, the Kelly, Kelly Bryan Bryan game. game. Yeah.
3: <laughs> oh well, yeah. Sorry, I forgot that. That was the one that doesn't count.
1: That was like Kelly Brown's last start too, before Trevor Lawrence to go. <laughs> that was a sick man. Don't let him fool you. And but yeah, hates no, doing I. Uh,
3: his job. He does. He does hate doing his job. I don't know. I. I think that Georgia could be the best team in the country this year, but it requires them to learn how to do offense. And I know they scored a lot of points at the end of last year, but I'm still not sure.
1: Well. The, the the one thing holding me back is who they did it against. It was like a... – Yeah, it was against State, Missouri. Um, who else did you guys play at the end, Andrew? Uh,
2: well, we had a game canceled against fucking Vandy. Um, uh, yeah, that would told was, me it was, it was Missouri uh, – it was Missouri State um, –
1: I'm looking at the schedule us. now. South There's Carolina. That bullshit win over oh, uh, Carolina.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cincinnati. And, and then Cincinnati. when you guys still only scored 24. So, that game was
3: so <laughs> fucking funny.
2: That was the dumbest game ever. Yeah, we can Very sad that Carolina Cincinnati didn't year. win. I
3: forgot about that. What? I was rooting for Cincinnati. I'm sorry. I'm not no, sorry. I, I was, I was sorry. rooting for Cincinnati. I'm pretty sure Andrew was, too. Yeah, very deep, <laughs> very deep down. 100%.
1: Uh, Folks, all right, so we're we're coming up on the end of this episode, uh, but we we do have some business to take care of. Not podcast business, not yet, Uh, but Banjo needs to take a road trip. I'm not sure if we're at a point where we can plan one now. Um, I may or may not have a flight booked to Indianapolis the weekend of the national championship game already, but I, I don't think that's a good Banjo road trip because three teams can't play in that. But... I do want to hear your pitches for cities. They can't be Oxford, Tuscaloosa, or Athens. But where do you want to watch a college football game that you haven't been yet?
3: I...
2: so we.
1: Were...
3: Andrew, go ahead. Oh,
2: sorry. Oh, no, no, no. You, you go. You go. I'll back.
3: I was going to say, we bandied this around a little bit earlier, Texan, and I had some... We all had some good ideas. Um, but the more that I've thought about this and I'm not sure if I'm ready for this yet, like emotionally, but I do think I need to do it while I am still, you know, young, dumb, uh, and without children. But
1: I thought you were going to say,
3: um, I was, I was going to say without children. Um, (laughs) but well, we can, and I, and I know it's a trip. We, we've got to go to Pullman at some point. Right. yeah probably like that's as as far as I understand it, you know you gotta go there, you're in the middle of the woods, and it takes forever to get there, but you know they drink like they're Wisconsin fans, but they drink fireball like that sounds like a an experience we have like a, a situation we have to really you know live in yeah the
2: uh one thing I'll say y'all definitely have to come to the cocktail party to just see the madness. Um, that's that's one that I would recommend as a as a neutral site game. Pullman, I would be very down with. Uh, Pullman is hard to drive to, and I feel like you really gotta. I feel like driving would be a very essential part of of any sort of road trip.
1: Well, the thing is, spoke the closest airport to Pullman is Spokane, which is like sixty miles away. Um, also, do you guys know like how close Pullman other shit like it's It's closer to the University of Iowa's campus than it is to like UW, University of Idaho. I don't know if I said that, but I was
2: about to say, are you sure about that? You could,
1: you
3: could,
1: you could commute that quite easily. It's like literally right over the border. Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty
2: sure sure that's how you get
1: there.
2: For Pullman, for those that don't know, it's basically in Southeast Washington.
1: Yeah, no. Po- like from, it is as co-
2: close to it's probably closer to Boise than it is Seattle.
1: From Wazoo to the University of Idaho is nine point three miles. Like that, wow. that is a holy like, shit. I, I, I commuted longer than that when I lived in Bat Rouge and worked in Bat Rouge.
2: <laughs> the University of Idaho is in Moscow, Idaho. Interesting. Jesus.
1: Right, I'm trying to think of other weird, cool, interesting places. I don't want to do anything. I'm sorry, I don't want to do anything in Kansas. I just can't. Unless it's like a Kansas-Missouri basketball game, I'm pretty out on that. Um, I would, however, I would I do, do think a, Kansas, a random Kansas State game. I would not. Not when Kansas is this. Oh, so I got it off Kansas though. Was like making the Orange Bowl and shit.
0: I got an off the wall one. I don't know if this counts because I've been, so I probably cheated. Uh, Cal Berkeley. So the stadium's built on a fault line that you can actually see in the turf in the stadium. So, like before you get to the actual end zone, you can actually see the fault line cut out of the turf. So, I feel like the general consensus that something could blow up at any moment, but probably not going to happen, as is the suspense. And then the stadium is cut in like a little valley. And so a lot of the people go set up tents on the side of this little like foothill mountain thing without paying admission. So you go sit up there and drink, watching the tent, having a perfect view of the stadium without actually having to be in the stadium. That
3: sounds exactly like our kind of vibe.
0: That's what I'm saying. So Cal Berkeley, you know, uh, don't, don't sleep on it. There was approximately 15,000 people there when I was there, but uh, <laughs> it was still cool in its own way.
1: Wait, dude, Ole Miss did play at Cal, didn't he? <laughs> what a weird series. Eighteen. It was like seventeen, right? Yeah, so it was, it was
0: like I get, Yeah, I guess you're know, you're right. It was seventeen. It was the it was spa seventeen. It was the Matt Luke first year. I think. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what it was. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So that happened. And then they tried to make – I remember they tried to make it that bowl trip because I got the luxury. I was working in-house that year, so I got to go out when the team went out, and they tried to make it their bowl trip. So it was like a Wednesday through Saturday trip. So I got to see like San Francisco and all that. Uh, But in terms of bowl atmosphere and everything, it it was not that. There was no one there.
3: (laughs) Wait, 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 wait. (laughs) Ole Miss at Cal in, what, September did not have a bowl atmosphere?
0: No, and uh, and uh, here's, a, here's a real kicker for you. It started at 7.30 West Coast time. So in Oxford, that game kicked off at
3: 9.30 p.m. Oh, shit. Yeah, I remember, like, I feel like I remember that game happening, Rip, and I think I was, like, texting you or something because you were just posting stuff from it, and that was the wildest game. Like, if I remember correctly, there was – some dude there. That was like during the height of like people bringing vapes into stadiums because they hadn't like technically been outlawed yet. So some dude just ripped a vape cloud that like covered half the stadium or something. Am I remembering that right, Rip?
0: That that's very possible. That seems very West Coast, and it was also right. Like so, that was Shea Patterson's first full season starting. So no one knew he sucked yet, and then no one knew that Phil Longo wasn't any good. So it was like Ole Miss was up by four or three at halftime, and it was like, man, they should be up 17, and then they didn't score in the second half and lost by 10. So, like, it was just a weird game all around. Closest I've ever been to time traveling, too, because those college teams, when you leave, you leave. Like, when you leave the stadium, you leave the state. So we took off at 12 o'clock at night and got back to Oxford at 8 in the morning, and I was like, what in the world is this?
1: That's a... um... That game was on a Friday night too, right? Just that—that that might have been a sicko's game. Ole Miss at Cal on a Friday.
0: <laughs> that's it was. It, yeah, no, that's a sicko's game for sure. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely
3: something. It's not oh, good. Man. It's not. It's not what you want.
1: So, by the way, my pitch, guys. We got go to, to go to Morgantown. I think we had to go to Morgantown. Ooh. It's just the most. There, I know people talk about Alabama. It's like, oh, all they have is football. There's like, no, like that is actually all they have in Morgantown. <laughs> that is it. They're, they got they got the Mountaineers and they got Joe Manchin, and I'm only interested in one of those.
3: The senior senator from West Virginia is the one you're interested in, right?
1: The exact exactly. Boom. So, all right, KP. Morgantown
3: was- is a three and a half hour drive from me. Fly up to DC. We'll do it
1: guys um that was banjo college football the world's most ethical joe manchin podcast uh (laughs) i'm your host that's what we're known as yes i'm your host kevin paul shout out to ross mccann for studying the boat while i was late getting on today uh that was also brian rippey and andrew stevens folks thanks for staying here with us and we hope to hear from you soon y'all take care now